Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to episode 23 of the Thistle Rugby Podcast, the only rugby podcast that cares about Scottish rugby. How are you guys doing? We are back and refreshed after a week off and I am joined by Alan. Hello. And Matt. Hi guys, how are we doing? Uh, thanks again for joining us, uh, listening to us on iTunes or the Acast podcast app. And as always, you're keeping us entertained on our Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod. If you're liking what we're doing, get yourself onto iTunes and leave us a review like our fan Clark Concept did. He gave us a five-star review and said, took me a few podcasts to get past just how posh one of the guys is, but this podcast is a great listen, enjoyable, knowledgeable, um, and would definitely recommend it to all Scottish rugby fans. Who do you think is too posh? It's obviously you. You're an absolute posh nonce. <laughs> A nonce. <laughs> That's maybe a bit strong. We do have to remember that Alan is, you know, working class through and through, so it can't possibly be about him. Yeah. That's it. I mean, yeah, three, two Stu Mouse and a Watson's between us. I don't think any of us are particularly uh, coming at it. But thanks again for the uh, the five stars and the review. So please, if you're enjoying it, get on there and, um, you know, make fun of us for being posh. Make fun of Alan, Alan's nasal uh, voice or Matt's love of anime, whatever you fancy um we've got just a couple of issues tonight we're gonna have a look back at the pro 12 games at the weekend and then look ahead to what is being called maybe the biggest dead rubber in scottish rugby history 1872 part two on saturday night but why don't we start with some good news for um edinburgh um john hardy has re-signed today on a one-year deal alan what did you make of that 
Uh, yeah, it was interesting. Um, I think the fact that he's only signed a one-year deal sort of um, says quite a lot. I think if he hadn't had this sort of run of injuries over the last year, I don't, I don't know if he's played more than sort of a couple of games in a row. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if he'd moved down south, but I think just with what's happened, his value has probably sunk quite considerably. And I think. Hopefully, with Cockrell coming in as well, he's sort of putting putting a year contract to um, sort of see how it goes. Yeah, I agree. I mean, first and foremost, I think it is it is good news to have your your better players um, signed. And and you know, when when Hardy was fit, he was definitely one of Edinburgh's best players. Um, it's sort of a bit a bit funny this year that Watson's come in, sort of fulfilled him, and probably got in as as a result of his injuries and played so well. So he's definitely got a battle on his hands. Um, but it gives Edinburgh options for next year. You could play sort of two sort of more fetchers um, in Hardy and Watson, or you know at the moment you have to say Watson's probably um, ahead of him in the pecking order. Um, but no, I think I think it's good. Um, hopefully, this is followed up by a few more additional signs because I think that's what Edinburgh need now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good, but it doesn't address any of the problems which Edinburgh have. I mean, their back row is probably the strongest position they have on the park. But all in all, good to have him. Signed up for another year. Um, another story that's not really going away. So Robbie Fruin, the former Canterbury Crusaders and uh, uh, centre, who's playing at Bath at the moment, was it's been confirmed he had a medical at Edinburgh, but is now sort of going through a bit of contract wranglings because Bath want to keep him. But that keeps him going. Do you think that would be a good one for the club, Matt? I think if he's fit, then definitely. He's still not that old. Um, and I saw him playing at the weekend for, for Bath, some highlights, and he scored a nice little try. Um, so if he's fit, then I think it, it definitely um, could be a really good signing because Edinburgh in the back line, particularly in the centres this year, have, have really struggled for any sort of cutting edge or dynamism. Um, I still have my doubts just because of the whole fitness side and you know why, why, did, why were the Crusaders so willing to let him go? So that would be my only concern, I suppose. Do you remember how good like oh nine Robbie Froon was when they had him and Sonny Bill in the Crusaders backline? It's one of the sexiest things I've ever seen. But um, yeah, you know he's he's been out of the game for a, a while. He's not he hasn't looked that good for Bath. He's looking pretty rusty. Um, but saying that, he'd probably be an upgrade <laughs> on what we've got at the moment. So. Yeah, it certainly feels that way. And it seems that he's um, he's set 2019 World Cup. He wants to represent Samoa, apparently, in the 2019 World Cup. I thought you were going to say Scotland. I was like, well, I don't know. Will he be tied? He's, well, he'll only have two years, won't he? So he, won't, he sadly won't have the time. Not like big Brian, though. Get young Brian in a Scotland shirt. That is what we are going to be campaigning for. Um, speaking of Scottish legends, Jim Hamilton. Rumours. Whisperings going around that he might be coming uh, back up north to uh, to Edinburgh as old Leicester um, man Cockers. What do you reckon to that? I mean, he's playing pretty well. Was it the melted wheelie bin? I think he's called. Um, yeah, I mean, every every time I see him for Saracens, I mean, at the end of the games or when he comes off, he looks like he's literally about to collapse off the pitch. But he's been putting in good performances, and since he played for Scotland, where I don't think. So sort of saw him make one offload in his sort of sixty plus caps. He seems to have like got some quite nice hands going on. Yeah, against Bristol at the weekend, then um, one of the tries to Saracens, he sort of takes the ball like down at his feet with two hands and ships it on for this amazing try. Where where has that come from? Like probably playing a pretty awful Scotland team hasn't helped things um, back in the day, but 
I think it'd be a pretty good signing, like a senior player. I think Edinburgh's still lacking leadership. Maybe he's too old. Um, but I think he maybe wants to get in a bit of coaching as well. So he's maybe got an eye to player slash coaching eventually type role. I don't know. He'd inevitably come back and give away a penalty and get sin-binned in the first 10 minutes. And to be honest, with the depth that we have with Toulouse, I just don't know if we need him. I don't know. Just Do you think he's being pulled up by Saracens as well? Do you think like just the culture at Saracens is just making him better? You know, he's with Cruz and Atoji day in, day out, and he's sort of he's been given this sort of notional leadership role to bring on Atoji. Do you think that's just sort of bringing him up? And if we put him, put him in with Grant Gilchrist and everyone, it's not quite the same but hey you never know that would be good fun are you saying Ben Toulouse and Gilchrist aren't like Cruz and Atoji is that what what we've established here I do think that was one of the 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 two biggest glaring omissions from the Lions squad (laughs) were probably probably Toulouse and Gilchrist but you know we don't need to gripe about Scots and the Lions um, much more another one speaking of second rows Nakawara coming back to Glasgow that's another one that doesn't seem to be going away and um Glasgow putting up the price of their season tickets to pay for Nakawara to come back. Who knows? Yeah, was it not the the season tickets gone up by eighteen percent or something today? It's big big news. I haven't, I haven't done the maths, but that could cover some sort of big contract. Um, you obviously Nakawara at Racing at the moment. There was the failed merger. I think a lot of players want to get out, um, and Glasgow is one of the teams that he's been linked with. But at the same time, sort of Saracens has been linked with him and Northampton, who obviously have a lot more buying power and are maybe a slightly more attractive proposition playing the Premiership. But it sounds like he he genuinely loved Glasgow and he was there. So maybe that would count in his favour. And it would definitely be a great, really good signing. Yeah, it would. <laughs> We'd love to see it. Well, I guess uh, with the thing with Glasgow, though, is the de- they've actually got quite a lot of depth in the second row. They've got um, Johnny Gray, Swinson, young Brian and Cummings coming through like quite a lot of actually young players as well it's just you know Nakawara he's sort of he's tasted the good life now over in Racing you aren't, you aren't getting him for cheap he's going to be wanting a nice old pad in Bears Den so I got I just feel that there's other areas of that squad specifically the back row that could be so that money could go to better use but hey we'd love to see him yeah, I actually know a family in Newlands as well. It could put them up, potentially, in a pretty nice big house. So, you know, never know. Get in touch, Glasgow, if you're keen. <laughs> um, more quite interesting news. Young Lewis Carmichael, the Scot, is um, out playing his trade in um, Australia. Played for the uh, for the Western Force of the weekend. That's pretty good to see a young Scot playing in the in the Super Rugby competition. I, I saw he was playing last weekend and he was against Brody Retallick. So, yeah, nice to have left the Scottish club game and then head over to Australia. And to be honest, living in Perth, playing a bit of super rugby, I mean, boys come good, hasn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a pretty odd one. I don't know how you come about. I've never seen a loan move before from the Pro 12 to the to super rugby. I think that must be a first. So I don't know how it came about. Um, and, and particularly considering he's sort of an unproven player as a young guy, it's not like you're getting in a a journeyman that you can sort of shove in and expect to win lineouts and such. Um, but it, it sounded like he played pretty well, particularly in the in the Chiefs game. Um, apart from one missed tackle I saw on um, Aaron Cruden, which I think can be forgiven for a young <laughs> young standoff, um, getting sidestepped. Um, so hopefully he gets a bit of game time, like experience of playing Super Rugby. Um, and to be fair, the Force have been playing quite well recently as well, punching above their weight. So hopefully he can come back and sort of push a bit, um, 
Because I think he maybe has the potential to be just as good as the guys we have in the Edinburgh having the second row at the moment. Yeah, well, hopefully it just gives him a taste of, you know, that, I don't know, I was going to say winning mentality, but I'm not sure the Western Force are doing a, a great deal of winning down there. But playing amongst good players like that, different environment can only be good for young players. Um, not to end on a bum note, but sort of um, 2013 Lion and sort of Scotland cap Ryan Grant was released by Worcester today. So does that mean that he's just no longer a professional rugby player? I mean, I imagine he is looking for a professional contract. Yeah, Worcester seem to have gone for the big, let's just do a massive clean out and sort of kind of start again a little bit. Um, 18 players for a professional club is a lot of people. So they just seem to like, they're sort of slashing it and trying to sort of build up again. But no, they've got quite a lot of money, so I'm sure they'll be fine. One man who avoided the chop, though, you're one of your favourite players, Tom Tom Heathcote. I mean, when you're slashing half your squad, how is Tom Heathcote getting through? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, well done. Uh, Ryan Lamb, I think, got the chop. Yeah, Ryan Lamb got Yeah, ahead of Tom, so there you go. Um, I was going to say, one other piece thing is our first media gig that we're going to be doing. Um, yeah, so 27th of May, we've been asked to run a Q&A with Andy Irvin down at the London Scottish Clubhouse. It was, um, yeah, it's a, an all-day event raising money for the Steve Sims Cavaliers Foundation, which is a sort of charity that was set up out of the Cavaliers rugby team, which is tackling the issue of concussion in rugby. They're working with James Robson, focusing on mini kids help and to sort of helping to sort of educate kids and parents around sort of the issue of concussion. And it's all based around Steve Sims, who was sort of a friend of ours from school and university who sadly died five years ago and sort of had a philosophy of sort of playing fun with rugby, working hard and helping others. So yeah, 27th of May, if you're down in London, the southwest area, the three of us are going to be perched up interviewing Lions legend, Lions record point scorer, Andy Irvin. So, um, yeah, three tours he went on. So there you go. Yeah, so please, guys, come down and uh, come down and join us for that. There is going to be uh, they're going to be watching. I think the uh, the Premiership final is going to be on on that day, followed by um, the big game of the day, a sort of pretty ropey St Andrews um, old boys squad against the Stumel old boys squad as well, including our very own Matt and Alan. <laughs> Alan, who made his name as a centre, will be packing down at number eight for the Stumel Select. So get down for that. It will be a uh, great day. And as I say, the Q&A with, um, with Andy Irvin. So that's going to be a good one. So um, should we move on? Should we have a look at back at last weekend, Pro 12? Let's start on my side. Edinburgh, for once, didn't leave it too late and actually managed to dig themselves out of a hole and, um, and get a win against the Dragons. Matt, what did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, good to get the win. I think Edinburgh were going into that game with on the bounce of, oh, sorry, two nine losses on the bounce, and the Dragons were going in with ten losses on the bounce. So, <laughs> I mean, both sides desperate for a win. It it, it was never going to be a, a classic. Um, once again, Edinburgh had a really poor start to the game, like in the Connacht match, and found themselves seventeen nil, um, for, and then set twenty points to three down, looking pretty pretty ropey to be fair and then brought on a few subs um and to be fair to them you know 17-3 down with 72 minutes on the clock scored three late tries um one of them in the very last play of the game from Grant Gilchrist and and took away the win so you know it is only the Dragons they made hard work of it but 
fair play to the character and you know hopefully this is at least there's at least something to build on um going into next season and, and going into the the match next weekend no definitely some of the tries were actually pretty good uh tovey looking pretty sharp obviously a great little break at the end there and then sort of hoyland try was um quite a nice little piece of play and actually the dragons two tries were uh were pretty sharp um no, it's good. I think um, I think we were saying sort of Marseille's got the potential to be really good, and I think it's almost had a bit of a bad rep so far, just because the games have been so rubbish, and there's actually the weather's not been that good for a couple of the games. And I, I'm I'm really hoping because are they going to be reviewing it at the end of this year? Yeah, I think there's something in the Scotsman today actually um, where. I think Edinburgh Rugby have invited the fans down for some sort of forum to sort of they can sort of vent their their sort of concerns about the stadium, what they think is good, and and how they think it should carry on. So, I mean, I, I presume a decision was made at the end, but it sounds like they can make some changes to it. I suppose. Would you like to vent any feelings about Myerside before um, the SRU match? Uh, I, I would. I'm, I might be attending it. Um, I think I've sort of tweeted enough uh, abuse and vitriol in their direction about them not having card machines or supposedly enough toilets as well. So, um, I mean, but they're hopefully quite basic things. Um, and if you sort them out and then you can get a few wins and attract in the crowds, then as you say, I think it it looks pretty good. It looks like something like um, Connacht Sports Ground, which I think has been a pretty horrible place to go and Connacht built a lot of success around it. So I'm, I'm fairly optimistic. Scott Johnson will personally block you on the door. <laughs> An open forum is a very, very dangerous game to play. You can get some absolute yeah. nut jobs coming in. There's no, there's no way that that Scott will go down to take the uh, <laughs> to take that. It'll be John um, John Petrie who'll be running that. I should have thought. I would love an an open forum with Scott Johnson. <laughs> Can you imagine some of the stuff that would be said to jo- Scott Johnson's face? <laughs> I mean, it'd be so good. Um, I know we sort of say it again, but I think you're right. I think there there is the basis of a of a good team there at Edinburgh, and hopefully, if we can sort of get the season sort of finishes on a high, so we have sort of obviously this the first sixty minutes of the game against Dragons were relatively poor, but sort of good finish to the game, a good showing of themselves at Scotston this weekend, and really sort of push on into the next season with Cockrell coming in. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, that's all they've got to look look forward to. And um, yeah, best of luck to them. And uh, let's go down the M8. Although I think they were there was at the RDS, wasn't it? Glasgow lost out to a late Joey Carberry um, penalty after fighting themselves back um, with a bit of a reduced strength side to lose um, just by a couple of points to um, to Leinster. Um, what did you make of it? Um, yeah, as you say. Um Quite a few guys missing from the Glasgow squad. I'm not. I'm not quite sure what the reasoning behind that was. Maybe it was um, Townsend with one eye on the Scotland tour in the summer and wanted to rest a few guys. So um, Hogg wasn't even in the matchday squad at all. Um, Russell was on the bench. Dunbar was on the bench. Price is on the bench. Um, I suppose the only guys that were really starting you'd expect were likes of Johnny Gray and and Tommy Seymour, who's even shifted to um, fullback. Um, yeah, I think they, they had a pretty tough start to the game. Obviously, Leinster away at the RDS um, is, is a pretty tough ask. Um, but they came back really well. Um, having Russell came on off the bench made such a different difference. Really started taking the, the ball to the line as he does so well. Um, and from sort of 21-3 down, um, 
going into the sort of final 10 minutes of the match, um, Glasgow were, were ahead by one point. Um, so really good fight to come back. Uh, it was just unfortunate that they managed to um, to lose the game. But I suppose Leinster have a, a lot more to play for than Glasgow and maybe that sort of played a part. Yeah, I think so. It's probably pretty indicative of where Glasgow have, have ended up. You know, it's been a decent showing with them getting um, historically far in Europe, but just not being able to uh, keep up that domestic form during the, the, the Six Nation losses. Pete Horn, speaking to the BBC today, has said that the squad's feeling pretty disappointed to be sending uh, Gregor Townsend off to the Scotland job with uh, with no playoff places, which I think is uh, I think I think it's true, and hopefully that'll be what Dave Rennie's task will be will be to come in and not just make them a sort of one or the other. You know, they can do a European campaign or a domestic campaign. They want to get up to that level of Leinster and Munster, who are in the playoffs, and they got to the semis of Europe. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think it probably is a failure. Yeah, we sort of look look at it. I remember we looked back at it maybe sort of three months, three four months ago, probably pre Six Nations. I think Glasgow was sort of third. They got they got through to the quarterfinals, and we were sort of holding it as you know potential to really sort of push on, not not to get the double or anything, but to really make a good stab of it in both of the competitions and just the Six Nations just completely destroyed Glasgow's chances. And I think that's one of the things that. Obviously, there's been a mix of injuries, but I just don't think we've sort of had the right balance of squad for what is always going to be sort of ravaged during the Six Nations campaign. And I think that is something that Dave Rennie will have to sort of address. I know sort of with Callum Gibbons coming in, that's the sort of player that's just going to be great to have um, all year round. Um, but no, it's... Uh, it, it, yeah, that's annoying. That's... Uh, it's the, I think this because the other thing is I think when you look look at this team in comparison to the team that won the Pro Twelve in um, twenty fifteen, I think you would say at full strength it's a slightly stronger squad, yeah. um, and I do think the Pro Twelve has got stronger with sort of Munster and Leinster, but I think if this team had been all together sort of the whole year, they would have been sort of challenging those two teams for the win. Yeah, I think it particularly it's interesting to see that. I think Ospreys and Scarlets now have sort of confirmed their place in the semi-finals, and I sort of look at that and think, you know what, Glasgow is actually a better side than than both of them. Um, they still, you know, can beat Leinster on the day. Munster this season in particular have been too hard and ass, but they beat them before in the past. But yeah, you like to think that next year, new, new coach coming in, a few more decent signings, they can get back into those playoffs, and that'll definitely be their aim. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. 
Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, definitely. So shall we, um, shall we look ahead to the, uh, the biggest game, second biggest game of the, um, of the supposedly of the club's um, seasons? The second part of 1872 happening at Scotson um, on Saturday evening. To me, this is a massive dead rubber. I'm not quite sure why the SRU moved the scheduling because I think it used to have the uh, the enjoyment of a festive um, of a festive period. Yeah. So the whole Pro 12 are doing derbies this weekend. Once again, showing why I lose the quiz every um, every week with my um, unbelievable rugby knowledge. Yeah, so Zebra playing Treviso is like Cardiff v Dragons, Scarlet's Ospreys, and then I don't know who, I don't know what the derbies would be in Ireland. Uh, Leinster, Ulster, Munster, Connacht. So, and it's kind of like their big derby day where the men going to I think going to try and get like some of the, the biggest crowds out. But yes, you are correct. It is still a dead rubber. But Sean Lamont is dying his hair blonde. That's really good news. He raised loads of money doing that as well, didn't he? Yeah, I think he was sort of. I know. I thought I think it was five grand for the hair and five grand for the gloves, right. is what I saw. So uh, no, not too shabby. Um, it's it's a weird one because I think obviously when you've got the sort of centralised system, I think probably the SOU is sort of hoping you don't want any injuries getting picked up because you want sort of your full player player squad going to Australia. Uh, I mean, I just can't see anything other than a Glasgow win. You've sort of got Gregor Townsend's last games, a lot of the Glasgow players' last games, sort of Favaro, Sean Lamont. And I feel that at Scottston, with the way sort of Glasgow finished that game against Leinster, taking a point close, there's just no way that Edinburgh are going to be able to get close to them. Yeah, I'm I, just going back to the dead rubber point. I mean, maybe for the Edinburgh players, there is actually quite a lot of motivation. Like, they... they are, are they fair enough? They're they're down in the aggregate, but they those a lot of those guys want to push for tour places, and maybe if they they put one over Glasgow, um, I still think that the, the Glasgow Edinburgh rivalry has probably never been you know a proper rivalry in the traditional sense. If so you sort of think of some of the older maybe football matches or something, but I think from speaking to a few of the Edinburgh guys, they really want to make it that sort of derby, and they they don't like seeing Glasgow win. So, I mean, if I was them, I'd be Un- unbelievably sort of motivated to, to try and put one over the guys who are, you know, so all of a sudden um, the the team that seems to have sort of more favoritism from the SRU and the more successful team. Yeah, no, I think that's completely right. I was, the one thing that just kind of annoys me is you've kind of got these two Scotland teams and I was I was kind of thinking, what are the key matchups? Like where, where are the, is it, is it Fraser Brown v Ross Ford? Is that, I mean, because you've kind of got, one interesting one might be Damien Hoyland v Lee Jones, who are sort of probably two players that wouldn't be in sort of a full strength Scotland team, but with Hogg and Seymour away, they're probably the two most informed wingers in Scotland at the moment. Would you say? I, I think particularly Jones. I think that Hoyland, as any wing, winger would in that Edinburgh team, has struggled. But if I think if you put Hoyland in that Glasgow team, he would be just as effective as Jones. Um, but I think yeah, Jones is on the wouldn't, wouldn't be first choice. But I actually think he's been playing so well for Glasgow, um, finishing another uh, great try against Leinster the weekend. That I think he would merit a place in the in the twenty three for Scotland. Um, I suppose he can only cover wing, which maybe counts against him. But um, he actually used to play nine back in the day. He played a few games at, at nine, so um, you never know. Um, but yeah, I think that's an interesting matchup. Um, 
you know, maybe someone like Grant Gilchrist can be pushing if he has a big game and just I think he's got a lot to prove in terms of he was he has been the Scotland captain, um, which presumably obviously would have made it meant he was selected ahead of one of the Greys. Um, he's had a bit of a fall from grace, so I think that could be quite a, a tasty one as well. Um, and maybe someone like Saddam, Sam Hidalgo Klein coming into a bit of form, ousting Pergos as the third scrum half. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. Luke, there's one showdown we all want, and it's Russell v. the Pudding. <laughs> That's it. Dun- Duncan Ware's been getting a hard time. Like, he has been playing shit, but still. He's not just been getting a hard time. He's not been getting on the park. I mean, yeah, he he. I mean, he, he was dropped, but he, I, I thought did someone not come out as part of the? Maybe I'm saying I thought it was maybe someone had come out who was part of the SU then, but coaching staff and sort of say we're saying oh he hasn't been playing well, etc. Um, and I think yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Duncan Ware in um in the summer because I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him the chop. There's no way they'll give him the chop. He's he's like a. That that move to go to Edinburgh was done was controlled by the SRU. I I don't think they'll be allowed to give him the job. He's like one of the few standoffs that we have. Look, I think he's literally terrible. But if they got rid of him, that would be pretty pretty big. I mean, maybe maybe they need to maybe Cocker will go in and say he's not good enough. But they'd have to get another ten in because they couldn't just have Toby. Bring home Heathcote or uh, Ruri Jackson. Take that Edinburgh ten jersey. Greg, Greg Tonks has played ten. He was on the bench. He was on the bench for Irish. Or we could just go full mental and get Jack Cuthbert from Jersey and just bring him back to play ten. No, I mean I think uh, ten, ten, nine, and ten's got to be the key for Edinburgh next year. It's it's just that backline's just not been working. And not only have they not been getting the backline firing, just tactically and territorially, just been so poor all season. Um, and it'd be just be interesting to see what Cockrell does. Yeah. Need to see one good centre coming in there. Obviously, Robbie Fruin. And oh, I suppose it depends how quickly Mark Bennett gets back on his feet and things like that. You could have a nice, interesting little uh, partnership there. But I mean, if you've got Duncan Weir standing 20 metres behind the gain line and refusing to, to run at a defence, it's uh, going to be pretty difficult for them. I, I don't think anyone need any more back row players, but David Denton is not getting a game at Bath. I think he's going to get the chops in there. They're picking young guys ahead of him. Um, they got Falatau back to full fitness. Um, yeah, Mercer, who's a lot better than Denton. But I still think if you had Denton back at Edinburgh, like it, it would just back in Scotland, it would be a pretty, pretty good thing. Um, maybe they don't need another back row, but he's not going to Glasgow, I don't think. Um, but anyway, well, just going back to the to the match, I think Glasgow got twenty five. 10 leads from the first leg if we're still looking at the who's going to win the cup but you know there's still a cup to play for still the 1872 cup I don't know what it looks like I don't know if there's a trophy you might get a little medal you know you never know so there's something to play for so Edinburgh obviously what I'm saying is Edinburgh obviously have a big um, deficit to, to turn over and it's at Scotland so I can't really see them doing it yeah the 1872 cup's really really small it's like a little. It's just like it's like a t- like pathetically small cup. So, yeah, fair enough. The Ashes, I suppose, but they're usually played at a much higher standard than what Glasgow Edinburgh will be at the weekend. I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Rather than the confected history, I suppose, of the eighteen seventy two cup. Um, but anyway, so we can look forward to that on uh, on on Saturday night, and hopefully, 
the Scottish boys who are pushing for um, the tour in the summer will um, have a good game. I just want to say something else about that. When when you have like a New Zealand derby or even some of the the big English derbies like Saracens against Wasps, I think this is weekend this this weekend. They're always really high quality matches, and I think it kind of reflects like the club game quite well. And you just know this game is going to be literally terrible. Like the st- the standard of that game is never good in terms of particularly the skills and sort of any sense of ambition. Um, so I just think that's quite it's quite interesting that the cup has evolved into that. No, it is true, actually. I was sort of trying to look back to sort of some of the past Edinburgh Glasgow games that we've been to. Obviously, there was one on Boxing Day this year, which was utterly atrocious. And I sort of remember the one where Sean Lamont scored his try when we went over to Scotston that time. But yeah, it's, it's very hard to pinpoint um, an Edinburgh Glasgow game that's really sort of lived long in the memory. Um, but hopefully, you know, as I say, one of the issues is they've always been played around Christmas time. Yeah where conditions have always been relatively poor. But the hope being that on sort of Scotland's pitch, hopefully in sort of the sun of uh, Glasgow, we'll see, a ni- we'll see sort of a nice game. But um, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> I am also not. But please, please deliver us a, um, a shock and a good game of rugby for us to watch on Saturday night. Um, we've got a quiz. Alan, you have a quiz for us? Yes, I have a quiz. So do you want me to run this through? Right. Okay. First thing is first. What? <laughs> As it traditionally is. <laughs> right. Starting again. Yeah, going. What Scott, What Edinburgh or Glasgow player has made the most metres this year in the Pro 12? Couple of big options there. Gordy Reid. Uh, Ross Ford was pushing up there. But yeah, what Edinburgh Glasgow player has made the most meters this year? Is this, I've got to think about what players playing the Six Nations might not have had as much game time. Right. Second question: What Edinburgh Glasgow player has made the most tackles this year? Wait, hold on. Is it is it Edinburgh an Edinburgh or a Glasgow? So it's just a Scottish club player, not like the top tackler from each team. Yeah, correct. It's either an Edinburgh or a Glasgow player. So I, w- I want one name. Next one is, can you name me all the players that scored a point for Scotland in the Six Nations this year? All of them. All of them, yeah. There isn't actually that many. There's like 10. So I'll just go back and forth. Next one. Can you name me Scotland's points difference after the Six Nations this year? And then the last one is, can you name me Edinburgh's points difference currently in the Pro 12? <laughs> so that's your five questions. Most metres made, most tackles made. Who were the ten players that scored points for Scotland in the Six Nations? Scotland's points difference and... Edinburgh's current points difference. So there you go. I'll just give you a little second just to run in. I think we might. Did we talk about the um, most try, most tacklers, yeah. tackles made a while back? Yeah, I remember that. It was qu- quite surprising. <laughs> right, you guys ready to go? Uh, yeah, why not? Oh, 
<laughs> right, most meters made. Who have you got? I really don't know this. I'm going to go for Nick Gregg. A little monster. He's done all right. Um, I thought somebody... I don't know. Can it be anyone from Edinburgh? They don't do much going forward, but... Hoyland? Boom! He's got it! Oh, yes. Hoyland was number one. Oh, he's absolutely crushed it. How many, how many meters did he make? Uh, something in the region of... 30. He's getting... He's like... Close, getting close to a thousand over the season. He's like between eight hundred and nine hundred. It's pretty good. Is that all right? I, I think. Know. Yeah. It's yeah. Pretty good. Um. So yeah, doing pretty well. Right. Most tackles made. What have you got? Ben Tulis. It's it's BBT. It's big bad Tulis. Big bad Tulis. <laughs> it is big bad Tulis. He just loves making a tackle. Um, we'd love to see how many dominant tackles Big Bad Tulis has done. But yeah, so no, done pretty well. Right, 10 people scored points for Scotland in the Six Nations. Should we just go back and forth? Yeah, yeah. Right, so it's 2-1 yeah. to Dave. Here we go. What you got? I'm going to go Russell. Yeah. Russell has won. Laidlaw. Yeah. Visser. Boom, correct. Tommy Seymour. Seymour is correct. Hogg. Correct. Gordy Reid. That is correct. <laughs> I got him as well. Uh, Hugh Jones. Hugh Jones is correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, I'm struggling a wee bit here. Um... <laughs> Shut That's what I got. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, Three. Two, one. Just chuck a name Dunbar. Out. Yes! Dunbar oh, scored against Ireland! Yes! Oh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah! How could I forget? That is unreal. Right, we got two more. What have you got? I've completely forgotten about Dunbar, um, but I've got Swinnow running in that try against yes, France fuck. from Seymour. Yeah. And then we've got one more. It's six all. Anyone can take it. It was against Italy. The tension is palpable. Okay, I've got. Uh... <laughs> is it Ali Price? Matt Scott. Oh, he's going. Oh, yeah, 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 I know, I know. But yeah, no, Matt Scott scored the yes, Scotland try against Italy. So yeah, that was your uh, ten points scores. Because Hog, I was going to do get you to split kickers because Hog also got one kick as well. Um, but yeah, there you go. Right, and what was Scotland's points difference? So it's six all. What you got? I'm going plus fifteen. I've gone plus thirteen. Oh, that's so snakish. It's plus four. Oh, I, uh, did, I did write down plus thirteen. Oh, he has he has written down plus thirteen. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, plus four. Well, I guess the England game must have absolutely smashed them. Yeah. Uh, seven six to Dave. So you could get the if you win the last one. Oh, right. Well, right. Sweet. <laughs> How? What is Edinburgh's points difference this year? What are you going for? I'm going for 
I'm not very good with this kind of stuff. Uh, minus 45. You joking, mate? <laughs> I went minus 100. Minus 102, mate. Oh, yes. Dave takes the win. Well, I thought there was there was quite something on Twitter recently about him of losing bonus points, and Edinburgh actually had quite a few. So I thought a few of the losses were close, but <laughs> on, so, on second thought, literally none of them were close. You can lose, it can be a close loss, but when you have that many losses, <laughs> they build up. My rule of thumb with Edinburgh is it's always worse than it appears. <laughs> so I was thinking like minus 50, but, you know, double it and we, we get close enough. That's good. And a win. I'm pretty happy with that. I very, I very rarely register that. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Is it because you've started using the Cornerstone razor again? You've got rid of that little sort of fluffy beard you had. I think it's got something to do with it. It makes you not only look smarter, but you, you know, mentally it sort of filters through. And that is obviously the uh, the cornerstone razor, very delicately brought in there by Alan. <laughs> so, you know, we're getting so good at this advertising stuff. But as you know, guys, that is the best uh, razor on the market. And if you get on their website, cornerstone.co.uk and use our code at checkout, that's Thistle at checkout, you will get your first order of a premium engraved shaft with your initials on it and six razor blades delivered to your door um, for four quid. So that is a pretty good deal. And uh, as I say, not only makes you look great, it makes you smart as well. Um, Are we pretty much done there? I think there was one bit of news that we forgot to talk about, that little story we'd heard about um, James Robson and what happened and how he was told he wasn't going on the lines to a little bit of thistle intel here from Matt. Uh, yeah, so James Robson was speaking at a, a dinner recently that someone I know was attending, um, and he said he'd only got drunk three times in his entire adult life. Um, one of them was on the 97 Lions tour when after the, the series win, Keith Wood make him, made him drink, drink a whole pint of whiskey. It's <laughs> great. And uh, one of the other times was in the lead up to the Lions series this year. Um, James Robson was part of all the logistics, part of the planning. Um, he got to grips with a lot of the potential players' medical issues. Um, and then a week before the squad announcement was sent a text saying, sorry, mate, you're no longer required for the tour. So I think he decided to go on a little bender himself and drown his sorrows, um, which I just think is absolutely unbelievable. Callous, one might say. I mean, it's just horrific management, <laughs> really. <laughs> um, no, sad, uh, sad to hear that that's how they sort of, um, they seem to sort of manage it. You think for for a man that's been on, what, four tours, I think it's been, they sort of be um, at least sort of giving a phone call. It's... Seem it's not horrifically surprising. It's I don't think Gatlin Gatlin's not a particularly great sort of people manager. I think you can see that from um, his sort of past jobs and just how he is personally. But you think they they have a bit more sort of class than that. It's just a bit of a shame. I think when you talk about and I think this current crop of management talk about the tradition of the Lions and being a part of that and it being a sort of brotherhood. And you know I I've said on this pod that you know I'm not wedded to the idea of James Robson being the Lions doctor. He's done it four times. I think there's got to be a bit of a change in the guard at, at some point, but to treat someone like that seems pretty shoddy and um, just shows that Gatland hates Scottish people. So we can, <laughs> so let's, um, let's let him know what we think about that on Twitter, guys, at Thistle Rugby Pod. But I think 
that is going to be it for another week. We will be back next week. We'll do a wrap-up of um, that massive 1872 Cup game. And as well, I think the next time we'll see you, the draw for the Rugby World Cup in 2019 will have been made. So we will know whether Scotland are going to be facing um, a pool of death or something which looks quite um, palatable for us. But um, for another week, thanks a lot, guys. Get on iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Um, and we will keep coming back and um, doing what we're doing. And if you're in London on the 28th of May, 27th of May, we are going to be um, doing a Q&A live with um, Lions legend Andy Irvin at Richmond Rugby Club. So please come down and join us for that. We're going to try and Facebook live that. Going to get it up. Well, we do have a Facebook page, but... <laughs> we are going to talk about that offline. And hey, you never know. You might be able to join us on, uh, on Facebook Live um, for that one. So we will uh, let you know. But for another week, it is goodbye from me. Peace. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.